here is singer-songwriter, broadcaster, audio-video artist, entertainment agent, and your host for the Dharmic Evolution. It's the master storyteller himself, James Kevin O'Connor. And welcome back again to the Dharmic Evolution. Hey, she's back with a fresh and sparkling summer jam. Under the Sun, which is the new video from this artist, it feels as though it's infused with sunshine and a free spirit. It's reflective of the transformation this 21-year-old singer-songwriter experienced after taking the year 2018 to lay down her career moves, move to New York for six months, and dig into her creative roots. If one thing is clear, it's that summer is here, and so is a new era for this artist. She has been described as a soul-pop singer-songwriter with hints of jazz. Her southern roots emit a unique vocal character that is both silky and raspy. She plays the keys and guitar and thrives in front of a crowd. Her desire is to spread joy, light, and love as she connects with people through her lyrics and music. You better strap up your seatbelts, because we're taking a ride today with Kylie Odetta on the Dharmic Evolution. Wonderful day today to have Kylie Odetta back for the second time on the Dharmic Evolution. Kylie, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. It's good to be here. Yeah, I mean, I just, I have to say, first and foremost, um, I immediately recognized that you have, uh, your voice shifted a oh, little yeah. bit, you know, a lot, actually. I, <laughs> I hear some like deeper tones, which is so cool, like a soulful edge or yeah. something going on with, um, and it was just, I mean, n not that there was anything, you know, wrong with the way you're singing two years ago, but time has a way of changing us constantly. And, and in your case, uh, the maturity is just all the better and the richness is just really wonderful there. Yeah, I really appreciate that. Yeah, so there's so much to catch up on. So let's get rocking and rolling here. So tell me first about your trip to New York. That was really cool. You took a whole year to kind of like reinvent, you know, yourself. And like, I'm sure there's a lot of meditation and things going on, oh, soul yes. searching. So can you give us a glimpse what that was about? Yes. So last year, around this time, actually, I just had reached this point where I felt I was a little bit empty on the creativity scale. And I didn't know I was doing all these career moves, but I wasn't really having the passion for songwriting and music like I have had my whole life. And I had just got caught up, I think, in that sort of grind and chasing of your dreams type thing. And I had lost kind of the sense of who I wanted to be and what I even wanted to say as an artist, you know? Right. And so I really pulled back the reins on pursuing my career um, in like a fast paced way, I guess you could say. And I kind of just wanted to dig into the roots of being creative and writing for fun, you know, <laughs> and just like yeah. enjoying what I have always loved, um, which is music and writing and lyrics and poetry and all that. And so the opportunity to go to New York for a music production program came about and it was three months long and I had some family who lived up there. And so they let me stay with them while I was doing the program. And it was just honestly the most amazing experience because I completely got out of my comfort zone and anything I was used to. And I had done lots of traveling and so I had been in big cities before, but to actually live in one was a totally unique and awesome experience. New York is inspiring and challenging all at the same time. And so it was really cool to just kind of get outside of myself and almost just remember what it's like to be a normal human being and, you know, do simple things and, and be in that learning mode rather than um, a working mode because I hadn't been in that environment for over five years. Um, and so to be a student again was really cool and gave me a whole new perspective on things. And then because at that time I wasn't really playing a lot of shows, which I had been doing for years, like multiple shows a month. And I had about three months where I only played one show in that whole three months, which was a big difference for me. And it gave me a huge hunger and craving for live music again. And so it's like I kind of stripped back away from all the things that I was used to doing. And because of that, my passion and hunger for it came back like full force. Wow. Where did you, whereabouts in New York were you? I was living in Cobble Hill, Brooklyn. Oh, okay, awesome. So, what a what a vibrant um, place to be as far as as far as artistic development. Oh, you yeah. know, yeah, that's awesome. And um, you know, just you know, it, it kind of you know when you started talking about that, I can I can definitely see where 
when you get caught up because you're a really good marketer and and you know i so admire you and your mom how you guys like got, get out there on the front lines and it's a tremendous amount of work to carve out a career and do all of the things the promotion and everything so i can see where you can get like caught up in that so much that oh man when am i gonna write you know it's like yeah. this is who i am i'm supposed to be writing i'm supposed to be a songwriter not you know a marketer <laughs> yep <laughs> So, so <laughs> it must have been really um, wonderful to come back to that and feel that source again opening up. It was so refreshing. It was literally like for a whole year, I felt totally dried out. And then in New York, even in the beginning, I wasn't writing any songs. I was writing poems, actually. And that's what was just naturally flowing out of me. I would be on the subway or, you know, sitting in a cafe or something. And all this poetry would just like flood through me. And I could not write a song to save my life, though. I would sit down and try it. I'm just like so frustrated and so i would just i just kind of was like whatever i'm just gonna put this aside and do what's coming naturally and i think out of the flow of that is when uh it kind of released the floodgates for music to come back into the picture yeah. because i was just naturally writing what was flowing through me rather than trying to force something did you find that to be a really um as you got into it um wasn't that a kind of a rewarding exercise though to just focus on the poetic part of the oh, music yeah. you know because i'm sure other doors opened up that that wouldn't have opened if you were just sitting in front of a piano or a guitar you know absolutely it, i feel like it gave me a lot the whole new york experience in this whole year including poetry gave me a lot of freedom i feel like to write um in a way that's not limited you know to a specific style or theme but just truly what's coming from my heart and what i've experienced and also in whatever style that comes through that you know right because with poetry you're essentially it's essentially a song kind of without the musical component you yeah. know it's still rhythmic and at times and it's emotional and it was just really freeing to kind of write this um i guess flow of thoughts rather than trying to formulate it into verse chorus verse chorus and add music or whatever but to just have this stream of consciousness almost that ended up being beautiful was really kind of inspiring for my music as well to let it flow more naturally yeah you know and i noticed just the wee touch of that that wonderful southern draw came off of you from being in new york i bet <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's really funny. You go to the city and it's like it highlights all the things about you that you already had, but maybe they were just kind of floating around inside of you and they definitely become sharpened and more defined. When you're in a city with so much diversity, it's like you really find out who you are. Yeah, it's true. People pick up on, you know, you always have the accent. Wherever I go, they always know you're from New York or New Jersey. You're not from around <laughs> here. You know, what are you doing in Nashville or whatever? Yeah. You know? <laughs> You're in North Carolina still, right? Is it? Is I'm it? in South Carolina. Oh, South yeah. Carolina. That's right. Yeah. Hey, so let's not keep them in suspense. What do you say we start with Sunny Day? Got 
Sunny day. So that kind of says it all about the way yeah. you were feeling, isn't it? <laughs> Doesn't it? Yes. So can you tell it, give us a time frame? Was that, I'm assuming that was written in Brooklyn or, or was Sunny it? Sunny day actually was written a long time ago. Oh, was it? Okay. So, yeah. It was written like six or seven years ago, but then I didn't record it until later on. I hear a little because... rewrite coming. Yep. <laughs> that would happen? Yeah. I've had a couple of songs like that that I wrote a long time ago and then I kind of just brushed them off or forgot about them. And I, the, what happened with that one is I had started playing it live with my band and it was just such a feel-good song. And I was like, I have to record this because it just makes you feel good and sometimes we need one of those. Yeah. Isn't that something how, you know, a song is never like... It's never really a throwaway because, you know, I had the same thing happen to me that I, I had written decades before and it was very early in my career and I bought a new guitar recently and it takes me forever to buy a new guitar and all of a <laughs> sudden this song came back and I and mm -hmm. I rewrote it, you know, at a mature, more mature level now. But yeah. it's like, isn't that great when you're, you know, your own, like you put the work in the time and that thought came from somewhere. So yeah. it's great that it's not a throwaway, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. Nothing so, is wasted. Yeah, for sure. So give me, um, give me some more, uh, you know, of your experiences in New York. Like, what was the most fun thing for you? Do you think just being in the and was it all that you thought it was going to be when you when you stayed there for the, that oh, time? Oh gosh. I kind of went into it with no expectations in a good way. Like I wasn't going to have this preconceived idea of what it was going to be like. Um, I was just like, whatever happens, happens. And it's I'm going to make the most of my time here, you know, because I knew I wasn't going to be living there permanently yeah. anyways. And so I was like, I'm just going to make the most of whatever comes my way in this city. And it was kind of funny, actually, when I first got there, you know, I'm from the South. And so I'm this friendly, like waving at people, smiling, talking to everyone person. <laughs> and everyone, like some people really were friendly back and other people were like, what the heck? Yeah, like, oh, I know. Person? <laughs> and they would just give me weird stares. And, and I made a lot of friends in the subway, though. And so I, I was, I actually got involved with the church there. And I was telling them about my kind of first week experiences and making these friends in the subway and everything. They're like, you did what? You yeah. talk to people in the subway? And I'm like, yeah, don't you do that? And they're like, no, no one does that. <laughs> so I think it was just cool to um, get to see on a daily basis, like as soon as you walk out of the door, you're surrounded by life and so many different unique people. Yeah. And there's honestly not, not many places like that where you just walk out your front door and you're immersed in the day, you know, right, right away. Yeah. And so that alone was just really cool to kind of feel like you're at the center of the world on this. There's all this hustle and bustle around you. Um, but some of the funnest moments I had, I got to go see a lot of cool live music. And the, the funny thing about New York is it's such a big city, but all these things happen in really small, intimate spaces. And yeah. so that I think adds to the magic because you realize I'm in this massive city, 
But all these magical moments are happening in these small, intimate spaces where everyone's kind of packed into a room watching this girl sing guitar or, you know, you're on the subway in this crowded little box and everybody's right there next to each other. And so in a way, it feels really small in those moments because it's kind of that intimate, magical experience with other people so close by. But at the same time, you're a part of something really big. Yeah. So that whole complex was really unique. Yeah, it's a, it's a it's a difficult thing to figure out when you first get there because I think most New Yorkers are just you know, it's not that they're they have this veneer about them, but I think it's just because the city makes you that way because it's yeah. it's so active that you just have to like, you know, maintain your focus on what you're doing, but yep. but but a lot of them you find that when when a crisis comes up, they they all rally, you know. It's just oh, like yeah. if somebody's in need of help, it's mm -hmm. like everybody just says, "Okay, it's time for me to up my game." Yeah. I witnessed a car wreck on like right on the street that I was walking down one time and um multiple people immediately stopped and you know we're right there because there's so many people around and they were checking on the guy making sure he's okay calling the police whatever and so there's like 10 15 people stopped at this one car wreck and it's like you said it's like people come together when they see something going on so yeah yeah hey tell me about your regiment now now that you've um you've come back from the city and um what's your day like as far as do you stick to a very very regimented plan or is it is it in flux so much that it's different every single day do you try to have like major um disciplines in your life to, to keep yourself on point you know schedules calendars things like that how do you how do you operate so i operate by this eye calendar oh, on my girl. iphone okay, <laughs> and okay. multiple lists in my notes yeah use um, evernote how do you what do you use I just use the notes app on notes the app. actual okay. iPhone. Yeah. yeah. Great. And I just make lists in there and then knock them off and delete them as I go yeah. by my day. But no, it's really, it's so different every day. Like I do have a couple of things I try to keep routine, which is I try to work out at least three to five times a week if I can, if Good. I'm not what do you traveling. Do? What kind of workouts do you do? So I do jazzercise. All right. You ever cool. heard of that? Yeah, I have yes. actually. Yeah. I love, I hate running and yeah. I love dancing. And so it's, I've found it to be an incredible workout and it's the most fun. So I try to do that a that's, couple times a week. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah I do yoga. I do yoga. I've been doing it for like 15 years or more. Yeah, you know? I love yoga yeah, too. I just don't have a place nearby to where I live. And so it's hard to. But it's good that you have something like, you know, especially for singers, like you need to have a workout regimen, you know? Yeah. So, so, okay. So you do your, you do your uh, workouts and what else? How, do, how does the yes. rest of the day and the week go? Um, so I also, another thing I keep consistent is kind of, I try to have a quiet time every day. Oh, um, great. so I like, I'm a believer. And, and so I have like my space where I get to just kind of be one with God and be right. still and, you know, recite or meditate on scripture or whatever I'm learning in life right now. Right. And just kind of have that peaceful space, whether it's for 30 minutes or an hour or whatever in my day, yeah. um, to just kind of like reset and refocus. So that is something that I really love to do and if i kind of get off schedule of not doing that right. for a couple of days i'm like why do i feel so icky and then i'm like oh i haven't spent any quiet time right. <laughs> like yeah you know getting back rejuvenated yeah um so those are like i'd say the two main things that i really try to keep on top of to keep me sane and healthy physically and mentally um and then apart from that my week and days are just so random i've been yeah. doing a lot of traveling even once i got back from new york um, and so I wasn't home really in South Carolina for a couple months. Like I would be home for two days and then leave again or be home for a week and then leave again. I was in Nashville and Charleston and I think I ended up going back to New York uh, for another trip. And so just lots of up and down. Oh, I was in California. So lots of random travel things. And now I think I've been home for like three weeks straight, which yeah. is like crazy and right. awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so when I'm home, I definitely have like a more kind of daily thing where on Mondays, I like to have kind of a reset day where I get a bunch of computer stuff knocked out of the way, emails, scheduling, promotions. So then on Tuesday, I can be more creative and whatever that looks like, whether I'm having a co-write with somebody or I'm just learning some piano stuff myself or I'm outside playing guitar. Yeah. Um, so there's that. And then I also you know, I try to fit in social time and hang out with friends and family, which is harder that. than it seems. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And um, I have a new puppy, actually. So I'm training her. <laughs> okay. She's a yellow Labrador. Her name is Zella. So we Zella. spend a lot of time together. Yes. Okay. <laughs>
but yeah, it's just kind of up and down and always working on something and trying to fit in that social and rest time as well. Yeah, I think the, the travel thing is, is difficult, I think, for me at times because uh, it does throw my game a lot because I do kind of the same thing you. I start off my, my first 30 to 40 minutes or prayer every morning and yeah. I'm, just like, I'm just like focused on you know, the Lord and how he's going to help me through the day. And, and, then, yes. and then that comes first. And yeah. I don't, I don't discount that when I'm traveling, but it just throws like my whole thing off a little bit, you know, because it's yeah. just different. Because you're like, you know, you're dealing with alarms and planes or schedules or, wh- or yeah. whatever it is, you know. And you're so the on the go, it's kind of hard to quiet your mind sometimes to yeah. really go to that place. Yeah, and I go through that with I'm always trying to help artists, and and this is one of the reasons I'm asking you this question about how you manage your day is. Yeah, a lot of them really struggle, and I can tell when they're trying to be on th- this show. And it's just like they get disconnected from their, you know, from their schedule and, you know, they forgot mm-hmm. or whatever. It's just chaos out there sometimes, yeah. you know. So uh, I do use the alarms, too, on the on the calendar, which is really yeah. helpful. You know, just like, like the beginning of the day, it's like, all right, I put them all in. So yeah. just reminders all day long, you know. Yes. It, it really I, it I'm definitely a user of the calendar the alarms the notes and I kind of I I used to be very like I would compartmentalize my day you know in these sections and I still do that a lot but I'm also trying to kind of like learn and do things on the go I used to be very much so like if I'm in this zone I can't do anything else you know my brain can't go there but I'm kind of having to readjust and learn okay you can kind of compartmentalize like this is going to be a creative day this is going to be a computer day this is going to be a social friendly day yeah but at the same time there's things that pop up sometimes that you have to do or deal with or you know you got to take the call you got to send the email and you have to be able to like not freak out you know you have to adjust like okay say it's a social day and this work email pops up and you got to answer a booking question you have to be able to go there for a minute and then rejoin back to the present moment yeah i'm just jotting that down because for all of you folks who who just let that you know, glance over your mind, compartmentalize. And that is such a wise move because if you can do things in batches, um, most all of the high performers out there do that same thing. It's like put all of your same type of work together and do it all yeah. at once rather than skipping around because that yep. just crushes your productivity. Oh, absolutely. When you're like being pulled. Because like you said, you're going to have yeah. things come up anyway. But like for me, I try to do all my shows like in one batch and the yeah. editing goes out and that gets all done by and you know you you just focus your your creativity in pockets and, yes. and it becomes stronger i think and when you do yeah that. because you're able to go, really go there rather than your brain pinging around like this you know yeah. if you know okay for this afternoon i'm doing this your brain is like let's do it let's go there but yeah. if you don't really know what zone you're in then it's kind of hard for me anyways to focus yeah and you don't want to get caught up in the undertow here we go (laughs) you haven't even left yet and it already hurts you haven't even called yet and my throat already burns and every time you touch me i feel like crying cause every time you love me i know we're hiding here of our time I'm holding on to messages you write The undertone is all I know and it's taking me down The undertone is all I know but I'm Drown the undertow, it pulls us close and then it rips you from my hands. The undertow is all I know. I never touch land, but I never stop breathing. Clear. I haven't even known you but a few quick 
I got to tell you, Kylie, I think that might be my favorite one so far. I oh. mean, that is really, really special. The mood of that is just really, really amazing. Can you share you. Uh, the motivation, uh, anything metaphorically you want to share about that? And, uh, yeah, because it, yeah, it's, it's beautiful. beautiful. And, the, and the title is great. I love good titles. Thank you. <laughs> so it's funny you say that about the title. I actually had the word undertow pop into my head for the longest time. And I was like, I want to write a song around that title, that word, because it just kept coming to me. And I was like, that's such just a powerful word, you know? And so eventually um, I just kind of had it in the back of my mind. Like one day, maybe I'll write a song about this if I have any experiences to go with it. Um, and then I ended up in this sort of like long distance back and forth relationship where I always felt like we were kind of this push and pull tug. Like it was like we were, couldn't come up for air, like nothing ever worked out for us. Yeah. And so I ended up writing the song about that relationship. But in hindsight, I realized, you know, life is like that. And so there's these moments we reach in life where our head and our heart are kind of pulling us in different directions. And it almost feels like we're being taken in this undertow. And so the line in there where it's like, you know, I'll never stop breathing. Like I'll never touch land, but I'll never stop breathing. It's that kind of fight or flight instinct we have when we're going through all these emotions of like, this is really hard, but I'm never going to give up type thing, you know? And yeah. so kind of it's in a relational standpoint, but also just in a life standpoint to just keep swimming, which sounds silly, you yeah. know, like Dory, just keep swimming, right. just keep swimming. But truly, you know, to keep our head above the water, all we have to do is just keep fighting. And, you know, for love, that's a good cause to fight for. Yeah, very well put. It it it's truly is one of the... Um, one of the most dear things you could ever fight for because you yeah. just don't want to fail at that. Nobody wants mm -hmm. to fail at love, you know? And, yeah. uh, and I think, I think for most of us though, it's, um, timing and it's, yep. um, being like, um, chemically and, um, you know, interwovenly, com um, compatible. Like, and it's like, yeah. we don't, we don't really know. And it's like, you know, people are, are different maturities at different times in life. And, you know, synergistically, it just, it's kind of magical when it all fires the way it's supposed to, yeah, you know, definitely. and it's just like the timing thing is, is everything. So, um, yeah. 
you know, so I mean, I wish you uh, all the best in in that. Thanks. But but you got Zella right now, so yes, <laughs> I have my puppy. That's all I need. <laughs> Jesus and my dog. <laughs> yeah, that's there. You go now. There, write that down. That's going to be your next one. <laughs> Jesus and my dog. Hey, I want to ask you. I want to take you into the studio a little bit. And before we do that, let's talk about um, your process currently of when it's time to write and. You you know you've assembled some ideas and songs. Like, what is your um, what is your go to strategy for how to get ready for the studio, making yeah. demos and like getting it all like cohesively together? Um, what what's your process? How do you go about it? So it totally depends on the kind of song that I want to make. Like, if I'm going with organic live instruments right. and that kind of feel. Then what I love to do is say I've written a song or me and someone else have written a song. And we just have the bare bones, like an acoustic guitar or a piano and a vocal. Then what I'll do next in that process is take it to my band and we'll have like an arrangement day or a session where we get together and they just kind of jam on it and we throw out ideas for track arrangement. And um, we recently did that with two new songs that I have that are going to come out probably later this year. And we just spent the whole day kind of just like messing around we we just tried whatever we just threw i played the song and they just started adding stuff in and then i would be like you know yeah i love that let's keep that or i don't really like that let's try a different drum vibe you know until we all had these little distinct parts that we loved about the song um and then at that point once we all feel collectively like this is the best the song could be and then we love this arrangement then i'd take it into the studio and flesh out and record all those parts sometimes all together or individually um, tracking each instrument and then later on go back and do the vocals if it's a more kind of pop production track style song then a lot of the times recently I've been doing collaborating with other writers and people who are producers and so we'll kind of write and build the track as we're writing the song in the same session right and so there'll be somebody like one or two people who are working on lyrics and melody and then a person who's working on building out that production and track as we're all writing the song and and you know writing the parts for it and so then by the end of that session it's kind of like oh well we've pretty much got the song done we just need to finalize and fine-tune and finesse it you know yeah don't you find that uh when that happens like that what you just described as far as building arrangements with a song Aren't the greatest surprises like uncovered in those sessions? Like, it's oh like, yeah, I never thought this would be in here. Like, we put a mandolin in here or something. Yeah, you know, like it's like what, I, you know, I and love it, that. And stuff. it's like it 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 made the song. You know, like like it didn't make the yes. song, but it's it's such an important component that came out that everything else like just fell into place like a jigsaw puzzle. You know. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. It's like those little parts that really like you said, that kind of makes the song, it makes it feel complete. And yeah. without it, it's like, yeah, it's really good, but it's like missing that little touch. And then right. you add the mandolin or the saxophone or the background vocals. And it's like, oh, yeah, now it's done. And then everything else seems to shine even more, you know? Yes. Hey, tell me about your band. Like, what's the instrumentation? And like, um, do, are you yes. guys like, have they been with you for a while? Is this something you put together recently? or? So I've known most of them for about two like anywhere from two to five years now we haven't all played together collectively um except for like the past two years yeah and they're just incredible people and incredible musicians um so right now i have kind of like in my band and i i do different things where i'll play with a trio or i'll play solo or i'll play with my full band so you know these people and parts kind of come in and out but the full scope of it is drums bass electric guitar, um, saxophone, and then a background vocalist, and then myself on the keys and singing the main vocals. Wow, nice, very nice. Yeah. yeah. So, so do they like touring with you? I, they must love it. <laughs> they're, okay. they're so fun. I actually, I tour more with the trio because yeah. it's just easier like scheduling wise right. and it's yeah. kind of hard with a whole bunch of people, but um, I usually bring a bass player and a drummer and then I play the keys and we have an absolute blast. Like they're just such good guys and so much fun. We actually were in Atlanta for a festival a couple weekends ago and it got completely stormed out. Like it rained torrential downpour right. and we still had just the most fun. Like we, I got to play two songs and then the whole fe- festival was canceled. But oh. that whole day, you know, driving up and back and standing in the rain, like it was just 10 times more fun having them around, you know? Yeah. Hey, um, tell me about the studio. Like when you go into the studio, who do you have a specific 
producer that works on this? Do you use different people for different projects? Or how, do, how does it all um, come about when you're laying down tracks? Like what goes yeah. on there? I use different people. Um, uh -huh. There's people that I've worked with since I was like 14 that I still work with on some songs. And then there's people that I've met this year that I'm just now working with on songs. Yeah. Um, and again, it kind of just depends on what style of song I'm making. I've been fortunate to meet a lot of really talented producers and people now and I kind of am able to feel out their vibe and so if I'm like okay I really want to do this pop thing then I know oh that person would be really good at this and they'd have a fun time doing it or yeah. if I'm doing more jazzy soulful stuff I'm like yeah I want to use this guy um, so it really just depends on the style of the song but I've got a handful of producers that I work with now yeah. um, that I love that's great I mean isn't that so valuable though the, the thing the tools you pick up um, yeah. Because a lot, most musicians or most producers are musicians on in some capacity, you know. Yeah. And uh, I remember slugging it out on my own for a long time, you know, in my much younger years, thinking I can do this. And then it's like I finally got in with a real producer, and I just came away like totally stunned, like yeah. of, of how much knowledge I just I oh, was like gosh, a sponge yeah. soaking it up. And um, and it w it wasn't for like three or four more years when I went back to self-produce something and I had all these tools now, you know. Mm -hmm. But I firmly believe in, um, I mean, not that you shouldn't, but y you should really, like a producer brings so much value to a project, yes. you know. It allows you to be just yep. really control your your own environment of I'm here as yeah. a maybe an executive or an associate producer, but mm -hmm. I'm here as the, as the songwriter and the vocalist. Yeah. And then and I'll be the is, piano player later, right? Head spaces. Yeah. Yeah. Like to be a producer and to be an artist and to be a songwriter, you can absolutely be them all. But back to kind of compartmentalizing, you almost have to shut off the different sides of your brain when you're doing one or the other. Because like if I'm producing something um, and I'm kind of still got my artist hat on, then I'm very particular and I'm like, oh, like, well, that note could be sung better and da, da, da. And if, yeah. you know, a, whereas a producer would be like, that's really good. I think you're just kind of overthinking it. Yeah. Like let's, and they see the big scope of things. And as an artist, you see all the little details that sometimes can get you caught up or slow you down in the process. And then you lose the mojo. Yeah. And so it is crazy. I have so much respect for people who produce every day, other people's music. Cause I have the capabilities. Like I'm nowhere near as good as, you know, legitimate, like in studio producers, but I that's not something like I'm passionate about like recording other people's music. I like to be able to do it on my own, but I have so much respect for people who are able to look at someone else's material and see what it needs to shine and kind of push it to get there or like, you know, ease your anxiety on certain parts and pull you back in moments. It's it's really kind of like a director position. Um, yeah. And then to have the knowledge to actually accomplish what they see is really cool. Yeah, you get. I think you're you're, you're wise to do that because you get too close to your work too, and it becomes yeah. like I've been living with th this thing forever. So it's like I don't even know what's good anymore. You know? Yeah. So, <laughs> so when I when I record, I don't I don't play any guitar. I mean, it's like so rare for me to ever show up with a guitar, except to just show the band like what I'm doing in, in pre-production yeah. and then we go into cut but I just I'm in the vocal booth doing scratch vocals and then any yep. guitar playing I do either in my own studio or overdub it and everything yeah. later you know because then you can like yeah. you said you put the different hat on you know yep I think what do you say it's time to do you don't love me I'm a little scared of this one but you don't love me here we go with it was my birthday you said I'm beautiful then in the worst ways, you made me all your own And by the moonlight, you laid me next to you Told me that this was just something you had to do But I don't believe you, it must be lies It can't be true Don't get me wrong, I know we've been fighting 
If I'm wrong, you said you never stop fighting, baby. For our love, I've never been so blind. Got shot from above, and then you said goodbye. But I. I spoke about earlier. <laughs> Beautiful yeah. song. Um, Thank you. And, and yeah, your voice really, really shines on this. And um, there's there's a kind of a um, there's a closeness to your voice, like mm. you're really like you've really recognized the the rich and beautiful tones that you have, mm. and you're expressing them in such a way now. Um, and again, you know, time teaches us how to to be better singers and and Absolutely. you know embrace. The gifts that God gave us on how to how to um, use these tools, you know. So was there a was there a moment in the last couple of years that you all of a sudden said, "Hey, what's going on here? There's something there's something new and different happening with my voice." Yes, there oh. was actually a very specific moment. Um, this was like four or five years ago where it first sparked, and then I kind of honed in on it over yeah. the last few years, but. I was in the studio recording my EP High Dreamer, which came out a long time ago. And there was a specific song on it called Can't Erase It. Um, and I was in the studio not planning to record that song at all. I was just playing it as a warm up for my voice to record a different song. And everybody kind of stopped and was like, what is that? And I was like, oh, it's just this like weird thing I wrote. It's not, not a big deal. I'm just practicing. I'm warming up. And they're like, no, you need to do that one. And I was like, really? Because I had kind of been experimenting with this kind of soulful, smoky sounding voice, like pretending I was a 1920s jazz singer, you yeah. know, <laughs> like I was totally going there to this thing that wasn't me. And it ended up bringing out a side of me that I didn't even know I had. And so we recorded that song. And that was the first time you'll really hear any sort of rasp or soulfulness in my voice. And after I recorded that, I was like, wow, I really love singing in this style. And so I started experimenting more. I started listening to more jazz and soul music. And I just got super inspired and started playing with my own voice and found all these qualities that I was like, I didn't even know that was there. And yeah. this is really, you know, that's the whole part of the journey of finding who you are as a person and an artist. You know, you have to try these different things to figure it out. Yeah. So I realized, oh my gosh, I love singing like this. This is the most at ease that I felt singing. It feels natural for my voice and it sounds really awesome. And so I just started experimenting more and more. And then I actually went through some kind of vocal strain and like acid reflux issues where I lost a little bit of my voice for a period of time. And so 
um, I had to get sinus surgery because I had all these issues and different things. And so when I came out of that, it's like I had to relearn how to use my voice again. And wow. that's when I even had an, a higher range and had more range to sing high notes and these soft silky notes mixed with the raspy tones. And so just like you said, time and playing shows and experimenting and writing more songs in that style helped me really develop and like strengthen my style of singing. That must have been very frightening for you because you had to have <laughs> yeah. like the, sur you know, going under, you know, surgery. And it's like, oh, yeah. As a singer, you don't know what's going to happen. It's like, you know, absolutely. It's, and it's like, you know, it, I don't think it ever occurs to any of us that my voice can get better or I'll feel something. It's always like dramatic to say, well, yes. I'm going to not, not be able to sing again or something. But yeah. thank God that that worked out the way um, you wanted. But um, yeah, <laughs> it's it's a really, really great spot for you to, to be thank in. You. And, it you know, it just occurred to me as you're saying that if it's effortless for you to sing, that's your that's your place. That's you know? your sweet spot. Yeah, mm -hmm. because it's like, I, this is not work. I don't have to kill myself over this. This yep. is really great. And you shouldn't have to. If you're straining your voice, that's probably not the range or style you should be singing in. You know, we can yeah. always push ourselves and expand our voice and train ourselves to do new things. But when you're singing on stage specifically or in the studio, it should feel good. Yeah. Hey, what is your... Um, your favorite thing to do outside of music when you need to just chill and relax and and just do some things for yourself what do you like yeah. to do i love to read so i love reading books um kind of like fantasy action romance fun books like that okay uh, i love to be outside like i love the water i love the beach so just sitting anywhere outside on a warm day that has a cool breeze that yeah. is perfect for me taking my acoustic guitar out there and just honestly strumming around playing old songs in the sunshine yeah. that's like my one of my favorite things to do awesome what about favorite venues like out of all the places and i know it's kind of like they're all different experiences yeah but is there is there a specific venue that you like more than than another like is there a favorite that you know was whether it's a festival a church or whatever whatever it could be like, yeah so uh, have you heard of the organization So Far Sounds? No. So I think you would really love them and you should definitely look them up. Um, it's basically a house concert organization that started uh. in London. <laughs> and they have concerts all over the world, not just in homes, but they're in warehouses, coffee shops, rooftop decks, like people's backyards. And they're in all these crazy, awesome, intimate spaces. And there's usually about 75 to 150 people at each one and three artists play. And I've done a ton of those in the US and two in England. And those are always my favorite environments to play other than the shows that I curate and set up myself in my hometown. Um, because they create such a space where it's a listening room and you get to share your stories and your songs and the people that come are genuinely looking for new music and excited to hear from upcoming artists. Yeah. So those environments are just always so warm. It feels like a family and I love intimate shows like that. Um, but then I also love creating kind of my own concerts. So I like to find similar to them random spaces. Like my last, I had a benefit concert um, in August and we used this event venue, but it was just this open kind of empty space. And I ended up bringing, I have some friends who do lighting and sound and all that. and we created this really cool stage with you know dim lighting behind and i had my whole band there and um i just kind of got to create my own environment and there's probably 150 people at this concert this benefit concert and that was one of my favorite shows i've ever played and i have some pictures from it i can send you yes. but um it was just the I like to create like a cozy, welcoming experience where people get to be a part of the music and the night rather than just meet up on a stage, the audience in the crowd, and it's this disconnect. I like it to feel kind of like we're all just hanging out, playing music, sharing stories. Yeah. I'm so glad you shared that with me because, um, you know, that's right up my alley. I mean, I'm, I'm, I've been kind of like beating the weeds down to find places for not just myself, but I mean, um, I feel like... The value, the, the currency of music has been like beaten up and undervalued um, a lot in the past yeah. like 10, 20 years. And I think we need, you know, I, I, it upsets me when I see these talented artists, <clears throat> excuse me, playing in places where they're surrounded by TVs, noisy bars, everybody's yep. texting and on doing shots and on their phone and watching the mm -hmm. game. And it's like, 
you know, I feel like it's just like it's it's just not being underappreciated. So I think yeah. rather than change that, like what you suggested is the way to do that. You go and you find places that really people want to hear the music. They want to yeah. listen. And a lot of the things I'll do on on the dynamics on an acoustic guitar are the silences. And the mm -hmm. silences are the most beautiful parts of music sometimes. And it's like, yeah. you know, and then in come the harmonics. And you can't do those things in a noisy bar. It's just like, it's, yeah. you know, it's, it's like wasted. you have to just amp everything up to get attention rather yeah, than have you gotta those subtleties. Yeah, you've got to be just banging on the guitar and crank your Marshall stack up to compete <laughs> with everything. So I'm not saying there's there's no place for that. Some people love that, and that's great. Yeah. But but for, um, for a little bit more deeper level of sophistication if you will for mm -hmm. lack of a better word that's what's needed is places yeah. like this so i'm going to check that out so yeah, far definitely. sounds that's awesome um i think we got to play your video now what do you say this is what Let's it's all it. about folks under the sun my favorite place to be is right here not thinking about what brings me down yeah my favorite way to be without fear is in the now I'm learning how Fast life, no thanks, no I'm Doing just fine One foot in another Floating, enjoying my freedom Singing off key yeah. I like it better when I'm under the sun Ooh, 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 ooh. I'm under the sun fun doing this video at all i can tell no so fun at boring, all it was just know? so boring <laughs> it's like dissecting an old frog like this isn't fun what's going on here <laughs> so tell me how did the how did the concept come up and like tell us about you know when you filmed it like can you give us like the day or two that went into this or yes. how long was it you know tell us about the experience yeah, so we filmed this video in two separate experiences. One was in Greenville, South Carolina, and that was the all the shots you see of the people in the office. And then the second experience was in California in Little Corona and Huntington Beach. Um, and it took that that it was both just like one day shoots at separate times. Um, so the one in the office was shot first. And then two weeks later, I believe um, we shot the other one in Cal California. Um, and the concept was, you know, I wanted to really, when, when I wanted to do a video for this song, I didn't want it to just be the obvious 
thing when you first hear the song. You know, if you hear the song without the video, it's kind of just this fun, embracing who you are, having fun in the sun song. You know, it's this happy summer song. And so easily I could have just done lots of shots of me riding around in the car with the windows down, singing in a field, whatever, this fun summer video. And it is a fun summer video, but I wanted to show something deeper than that and like go more into the meaning of the song and, and just take it a level deeper because I feel like that's what visuals for songs should do rather than just give you the obvious of what you've already heard. It yeah. should show you kind of another layer deep of what the song is about. And so for the video, I wanted to showcase that, you know, when you embrace your own path and your own personality and you shine your light and you just come fully into places being who you are, it inspires other people to be who they are. You know, it's just like when you share something vulnerable, it inspires somebody else to be able to share and makes them feel comfortable. And so I wanted to, in a kind of a quirky over the top way show that, uh, you know, when you are yourself, it inspires other people around you to hopefully be themselves. And so in the video, you can see me being super wacky, you know, and that these people in the office are kind of bored or not happy or whatever just kind of sheltered in themselves and by the end of the video they loosen up and their true self comes out and so it's just really about spreading light and spreading love and having fun it's a really really beautiful um video and it's just yeah it is a lot of fun and it, it kind of it, you're right it shows who you are i mean all you have to do is look at uh, your face and you can see what's going on <laughs> you're, you're a very happy individual you know which is really important and i want to also thank you for on behalf of so many uh for the work that you do on some of these fundraisings i mean you've been doing this for a while because i know i i picked this up last time we talked and it's on you know, on your website you've done a lot of things um for others what is your favorite passion for for helping others do you have a favorite um that you kind of have you know your heart goes out to as far as uh, doing yeah. things for people like what is that i have i i'm i mean if i could do it all i would i, I would help would. every single cause possible <laughs> but i do think it's important to kind of find what really makes your heart break and then go and do whatever it is you can um and so the organization i'm super involved with here in my hometown is called salvation army and they have a rehab facilitation as well as a homeless shelter and a youth kids club and stuff like that but um I really have a heart for the homeless. I always have since I was little um, because I think they're just extremely misunderstood, you know, yeah. and looked over. Um, and they're just normal people who've had either unfortunate circumstances or some sort of mental instability that's led them to where they are. You know, right. they're just like everyone else and they deserve to be looked at and talked to and their name repeated back to them. You know, yeah. people sometimes take away just that decency. Um, and so, I just really have a heart for them and just kind of really loving on them and, and helping in whatever way I can with the Salvation Army. They specifically, um, in my town anyways, have a lot of need for physical volunteers to go and be there in the shelters and help in the kitchen and things like that. Um, right. And they need donations as well. But so that's something that has just always been really important to me. Um, and then also youth. I have a big passion for like the next generation and just kind of showing them that there's a way to live life that's fun and full of joy and pure, you know, um, I guess for lack of a better word, because there's so much coming at the young kids and the young kids. I am a young person, <laughs> but there's so much even more coming at like high school students than when I was in high school, you know, yeah. um, and just so many options of like dark things to get into drugs, alcohol, you know, whatever to find kind of happiness in. And I just want to hopefully, you know, just pour into them that there's so much more to life. So many people these days are anxious and depressed. And I've been anxious myself. I went through a really dark period of time with that and still struggle sometimes. But to just show that, you know, life is worth living and there's there's hope for their future rather than just these immediate kind of emotional experiences they have as kids. Yeah. That is really awesome. I just, I just love what you're doing. Um, we share a lot of the same passions in that department, and uh, that's amazing. I mean, just to see you, you give back. You know, um, your talent is clearly um, there for you to share with with yeah. others, and and you recognize that, and you're very, very um, selfless about about sharing it, which is really beautiful. So, tell us now. 
as we, we should really have um, another hour together, but we don't. But, <laughs> but um, tell us, how can we support Kylie Odetta in her brand new um, voice, her brand new music, the brand new video? So many good things coming out of the Odetta camp these days. And by the way, before I forget, tell your mom, thank you for doing such a beautiful job raising you. She's really oh, awesome. Yeah, so, I will. She will be like, oh, my gosh, that's so sweet. <laughs> yeah, Lori. Lori is, is Kylie's mom. And, and, you know, she's really sweet. And that's so good to have her on the team, right? I mean, yes. helping support you in, in all that you're Yeah, uh, you're she's one of my best friends for sure. Is, that's great. That's really great. So tell us, tell us um, as we're wrapping up, tell us um, just you can cap it off by sending out any wishes to the audience that's listening right now. And, and folks, don't forget you're, you're picking us up on the podcast, but the YouTube channel show will be out after this as well. And um, share Kylie with you know, the audience, what is your ambitions, your wishes for, for people and your music, and where can we go to support you? Yes. So I'll start with the where you can go to support me, I guess. I'm, my main social media channel that I use is Instagram okay. um, primarily. So if you follow me on Instagram, I'm always posting updates and just fun random things about my life and stories and videos. So I post a lot about my dog now, fair warning. <laughs> so my Instagram is just at Kylie Odetto, um, which is my name. And then I have a website, Facebook. Um, I have my music on Spotify and iTunes and Apple Music. And I think it's on all the music sites. So wherever you like to listen to music, I'm on there. And if I'm not, message me and I'll get on there. <laughs> um, but definitely go check out that. Really just by sharing my music with your friends and family or posting it online, um, it makes a huge difference. And come out to a show if I'm near you. I would love to meet you and see you. Um, but my thing is that I just want people to experience life to the fullest. And so whoever's watching, I hope that this summer specifically and throughout the next year, um, you are just able to experience freedom and confidence and relaxed joy as you go throughout your life and that you would know how loved you are um, by me, by so many people in your life, by the God who created this entire universe, um, that you are truly unique and special to you. And I just hope that you would embrace the things that make you different and walk confidently in your life. Awesome. That was really great. Kylie Odetta, always a pleasure to see you. I love what you're doing, love your music, and I just want to wish you all the love, success, and God's blessing as you continue on your journey. Thank you. <laughs> sunny day undertow you don't love me and the video under the sun what a fun time today hanging out with kylie odetta and sharing um all about her music and the exciting things that have happened to her in the past year and uh, a total committed creative artist such a pleasure to have her on the Dharmic Evolution, another future Dharmic star. So um, she's on Spotify. She's on all all things music. So just, you know, the best thing is just Google Kylie Odetta and find your favorite jam, whatever that is, and she'll be there. Talked about Zella. We talked about her band. We talked about So Far Sounds. We talked about the Salvation Army and the Homeless. Maybe you guys should think a little bit about those things too, especially the homeless. And, and of course, the Lord. We can't forget the most important thing in our lives. Hey, if you're digging this podcast and it does something for you, please give us a uh, subscribe, rate, and review in iTunes. really means a lot to the show. And you can also do it on the YouTube channel, the James O'Connor Agency YouTube channel. If you have new content out, please go to our Facebook community page. Um, Dharmic Evolution Facebook community page is there for you fellow artists around the world to post your content. Do you have a new song, a new video, a new album, a new photo shoot? Do you have a gig playing somewhere? Post it on there so the world can help support your artistry. Also for authors, speakers, and thought leaders, that's there for you also. So that's what we do at the um, Dharmic Evolution and the James O'Connor Agency. So that's a wrap for me today. Uh, I'm your host for the Dharmic Evolution, James Kevin O'Connor, singer, songwriter, audio video artist, master storyteller, and international talent agent. So until the next time when we meet again, I'll either see you on the socials or I'll see you from the stage. <laughs>